Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is episode 151 of the Distraction Pieces podcast with the one, the legend, Huey Morgan. I love Huey. We, we, we get into some great conversation in this, in this kind of a two part podcast because we've recorded them a week apart, but I went, he came on my podcast and then he, I went on his podcast, which is a, 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 a Huey off the record, which is on iCast and iTunes. Um, iCast and iTunes. <laughs> iCast and iTunes. It's also on iCast and iTunes. Um, but yeah, it was great. My, my guesting on his podcast is one of my favourite ever guests guesting on anyone's podcasts. It was an amazing chat. It got pretty deep and heavy. He's a great dude, as this one did. I mean, Huey really opened up in this, and I really appreciate him for it. Um, he's had a, a book recently um, called Huey Morgan's Our Rebel Heroes, uh, The Renegades of Music and Why We Still Need Them, which is on Amazon Audible, if if you're asking. It's, 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 it's really... It's, he's he's got a lot a lot of stories to tell. He's lived a, a an in, insane and impressive a, a, a life, and somehow he's come out the other end as a very intelligent and calm and nice dude. And we get into all of that. So, and he also tells some amazing st- stories that are needed to be told. Um, and I had to ask him about his appearance on Nevermind the Buzzcocks because he got angered by Jordan of Rizzle Kicks who I've also had on the podcast and is a mate so I wanted to get into that I had to be the impartial you know I had to be Sweden or Switzerland is it I don't know whichever one's the impartial one um yeah so that was good but I should mention that we're brought to you by this by speech dot com. speaking of renegades of music everyone on speech development records is a renegade of music so check out all of our stuff there um there should hopefully there's still some signed signed books left i signed a load of my book a which a huey kindly talks about and references in this in this podcast so that's lovely um so check that out also i'm reckoning it's going to be next week that we launch the summer range um at this stage the photo shoot will be done so i can tell you that all going to plan i'm recording this before it's happened but all going to plan we did a gorilla shoot in all the new merch which includes a women's swimsuits guys swimming shorts leggings some sunglasses which are amazing they've got their kind of unbranded other than the the slogan of the label which is oh, we may not be for you and that's fine i didn't want to plaster them with scroobius pip or speech fellow our records or any of that it's a pair of sunglasses you you just want them to look cool and 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 discreet so there's that um and we shot the vests and the caps and all of the summer range so yeah man or we're going to be I, I said at the time of recording this i've not i've not sh- shot it yet but if we can pull it off and not get arrested if if when you're listening to this i'm in prison then you'll know why but yeah it was a pretty cool shoot or it looks like it's going to be... I keep talking as if it's happened. It's not happened yet. It's happening in a few days. Um, it looks like a pretty cool shoot. So if I've not blasted those images on social media yet, then they're to come. So make sure you're following at Scroobius Pipio on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook.com slash Scroobius Pip. But let's get into this week's podcast, episode 151, with Mr. Huey Morgan. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. This piece of fiction is the intro to destruction. 
Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's also that's how you, that's your instrument of expression. So if you can't like, like know where the sweet spot on a mic is, yeah. Because when you know when you're doing club gigs and stuff like that, sometimes you have to kind of get right up on that thing. Hundred percent. And people will say, "Oh, this mic is it's three sixty. It's like mm, it's, nothing. It, it says it's three sixty, <laughs> but still, you're going to get all the tone and color if you're going direct mm. in. I've already started rolling in that traditional podcast manner of coming in nice halfway one. through a conversation. Um, I'm joined by. <laughs> By Huey Morgan, how you doing, man? I'm very good, Pip. Thank you for for having me on the podcast, man. I mean, we've been t- been talking about this for ages, so yeah. I'm glad we Literally finally got years, to- yeah, bro. So, yeah. I mean, so it's on. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it took me to figure out listening to you that I would like to kind of almost do a podcast. So yeah. I, I'm starting to do a podcast, and what's yeah. cool is that you are my business model. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, when I say business model, I mean it's like that's as good as I'd like to do it because you do this thing really great. And that's thanks, cool. for, thanks no. for taking the time to let me know what you, uh, your setup is and all yeah, that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And we're in, in, in basement at the, at the London Edition Hotel, yeah, which is cool a good spot. And again, like, one of the things I was, I was saying to you, when we were having a discussion beforehand about podcasts and that, I was things like, it's cool if there's some noise going on in the background, if there's like the bar is being... Are restocked at the moment. There's people working hard, earning their wage. That, that adds atmosphere, and it's also right? really bright in here. Too. Yeah, it's it's cool looking, right? The wood. Thank you, Caroline and Ben Pundle. Yep. here at the addition, it's a cool spot. Now that this was like you now if things go according to plan, I can actually do shit here. Yeah, this yeah. could be like my podcast spot. It's kind of weird though. It looks like people are going ready for a presentation, it's, but it, you know. it, it's great to have that spot in London. That's kind of the base for you. It's kind of there's a lot of podcasts out and about that. I don't know, if you have to drive out to Essex, again, if I recorded all, my, all mine at my place in Essex, I'd have half the guests. Yeah. The fact that you can say we've got this, this spot in London, just come down, then it yeah, makes it's it a easy. lot and easier. It's also kind of, it's kind of central. I mean, we're in like right off, right off of Oxford Street, so yeah. it's a really cool spot. Yeah. And for us, it's great, because I'm out in Somerset, you're out in Essex, so it's the middle. meet in the middle, baby. It's, it's, the, it's the, the centre point, it's perfect. Yeah. How are you finding it out in, in, in Somerset? That seems crazy to yeah. me, because you're from new york you've lived yeah. in london you've you've lived in big cities yeah. well i also lived in small places you know i i did live in dublin for a minute i lived on yeah. maui for a while as well yeah i kind of like the duality of somerset and new york city because i yeah, do go to new york yeah. city all the time and my kids love my wife used to live there with me as well yeah. so i think when my son was born my wife and i were like we were going from city to city all the time to the houses yeah. right and i was like oh yeah it is kind of like boring to the point where don't you want to see something else and now that you have a kid you don't want yeah. you to see pollution and buses and all 100%. kinds of shit. And I, for me, I was growing up in a city, so my wife's family's from out west. So I started looking around out there with her, and we fell in love with this old house. And it's like a big old Georgian manor house. Amazing! It's dope, man. And it's it's a great place to be because you appreciate stuff when you see it. Yeah, more, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's 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 interesting because we we're, we're drawn towards cities because that's where we need to go to hustle to get a foot on the ladder to get involved yeah. in somewhere and it takes you a while often to realize that you're already on that ladder now and particularly for someone who's it's touring life it's things like that it's like yeah. it doesn't really matter where your your base is because you're not having to be like you don't work in an office yeah, you've is, not got yeah. a city job so you can kind of be wherever you want because the start point of every tour you're always coming from somewhere yeah. it doesn't matter if you're traveling from somerset or from yeah, london no, you're going yeah, to somewhere uh, you know i found that especially when i'm not working i kind of really like being at the country house because it's just it's it is what it is it's yeah. more comfortable it's big it's airy you know it's kind of like on its own land so everybody can kind of you know close the front gates and stuff and everybody yeah. can just 
hang out. And I like that kind of idea because it's almost like my own little neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Because I, I remember that. when I grew up in the city, there was like my block, man, you know, from one street to the other in Manhattan. It's not yeah. too far. That side of the street was my block. I kind of have that. My kids can kind of have that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And like their friends come over and hang out and stuff. I think it's really cool. And, and then I can fly to New York and my boy can take the subway. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it, that's, it, it kind of it makes you appreciate the, the cities that bit more. It makes yeah. you appreciate London and New York that are both beautiful and insanely condensed. And yeah. everything you could imagine is there. Everything you could need. But, but when you've been in that for even just over a year it's like oh, it's just that's how life is that's, that's how I, it is it, sh- it should be an exciting thing yeah you know? I, mean, I, I did grow used to living in new york yeah i totally did because i grew up there and it was yeah. everything and then when i went to the marines and i came back it was like yeah just like it was before boom you know and every time i go to new york i haven't missed a step yeah so it's you kind of realize that maybe the city's in me you yeah. know rather yeah, than me yeah. being in the city 100%. and i think that's important and once you get to a certain point in your life that becomes apparent you know, yeah. and you do want some relief. And I almost realized that back when I was a kid, I had an uncle who lived in like uh, Mount Kisco, New York, which is like a suburb of New York City. Yeah. And I was like, why the fuck he live out here, man? Yeah. The fuck's he living out here? And I remember the cool things recently about his house. He had his own den. And he was an Air Force dude, so he had like all this African shit yeah, when he yeah, flew yeah, to yeah, Africa yeah. and all this all around the world. But his man cave and his yeah. room, the den. Yeah. He had a stereo. He used to play fucking Led Zeppelin. It was Amazing. cool, right? I was like, that's why he moved the fuck out of the city. Yeah. So he had his own space and his own land, his backyard and a pool and shit. It's like, no. And dude's still near enough to go into yeah, the, the city for when city, he needs to be in the yeah, city. Yeah, being in an hour and a half, man, yeah. no problem. And that's the same thing for me. Now. I'm an hour and a half outside of London. Yeah. So for me to come in and do the radio once a week, that's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. That's so, golden. Let's, let's talk about growing up in, in New York. How was it for you? It's kind of it's known in 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 the UK at least. It's only known from 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 films. It's yeah. it's tough. It's rough. There's there's heart and there's character. How was it for you? What end did you fall on? Were you you getting in trouble? Were you you know what was your deal? I know that when I grew up there, it is all those things too. Yeah, but I've actually. You know, when you get all, you wax nostalgic with people a lot. My wife yeah, yeah. Uh, lived with me in New York while we were married and before we were married. Yeah. And she had, to, she's like, explain New York to me. You know, and it's like, that's the one time I actually went back and started realizing that not everything was fucking amazing. Yeah. Not everything was just so awesome and I was so hard and I was the man. Yeah. You realize that the things that, you know, weren't that great when you explain to someone that you really want to explain it to. And yeah, it was, I lived, grew up in the Lower East Side of Manhattan in the 70s right mm. so I went to I went to school down there I did go to school for a minute uh, in high school I went to Humanities which is on the west side in Chelsea yeah and you know but most of my time was the lower east side of Manhattan and that was great because it was like the best microcosm of New York you could live in yeah you know you could you know a lot of dudes that I knew were in Harlem and stuff but they'd come downtown you know, yeah, not yeah, a dudes yeah, are in yeah, Brooklyn, yeah. but they'd come downtown. Yeah, and that was just great because it was you knew that so you're the, the mixing point yeah. of all the all the different areas but early on it's just like any any place, like you said, condensed, right? Yeah. So we didn't know that there was like abject racism because we had dudes that were from mixed up from like an Indian dude and half Indian and half Kenyan, yeah, right? Dude, there was Puerto Rican and Irish, myself, right? You had a dude who was Jewish and Palestinian. You like yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. You, no one could actually have a majority. <laughs> that was yeah. the best yeah, part. No yeah, one could say yeah. me and this guy we're the same and we don't like you. And it was like because yeah. everybody was just completely. So everyone's mixed. got a mix yeah. from somewhere else that that gives you that that 
that connection somewhere down the chain. But the thing was, we talked about it earlier when we were hanging out upstairs, yeah. is that you know you, sometimes you have to uh, you have to really look for the good in people, right? Yeah. Especially kids yeah. can be a little bit vicious and shit. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't racially vicious. It was just like if you try to be a tough guy, someone would check you. And yeah. a lot of times, I did some checking and I got checked a couple of times. Yeah. You just learn, you know, and that's yeah. how it is. And that's how it was. And I think that was the good part about it, where. We're talking about interpersonal dispute resolution. Yeah. Like, I was good at that from a young <laughs> age, man. It's, it's interesting you saying how um, at the time you'll kind of s- see it as all good and it's upon reflection you see that certain things w- weren't great. And I think it's weird. There's certain places that, that have that as a survival technique almost. And I think in the UK, Newcastle is my favourite example of that, is there's mm. some rough areas in Newcastle, yeah. but everyone I know from Newcastle is just like, yeah, it's fine, it's cool. Because yeah. you just got to get on with it. If you're in that, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of a bit of a, a, a modern, certain parts of, of London thing to be aware of what's wrong and moan about it and complain mm. about it. Whereas it's far more a Newcastle and New York type thing of, yeah, there's sh- shit wrong, but we've got to get out on steel. It's, 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 it's kind of the, the same, this is an odd comparison, but people say how it's only in Western culture that we have things like depression and stuff like that, because in, <laughs> yeah. in, in, in the and jungle... In, yeah, yeah, that's it. In the jungle, you've not got, got time for depression. You, yeah, yeah. You've got to walk, like, f- for us, and it is still bad, but the story of someone having to walk t- 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 two miles to get water mm. is heartbreaking. To someone who's only known that, it's like... That's what I've got to do. Yeah. I'm going to go and get that water. I'm not going to cry the whole way there and cry the whole yeah. way back because I have to do this shit every day. I'm not going to fucking insta the water once I get it. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to take yeah. a picture of yeah. me smiling yeah. and yeah. my water. Yeah, so it feels like that's, 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 that's something that New York has. It's, it's got its problems, but it's... And similar to London in, in that way, as we've seen with the, the recent terror attack. Like, we're recording this um, end of March. Yeah. Um, that thing that, and we saw it in France as well. That when there was terror attacks, everyone went, right? No, no, we got this. We're 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 not going to be broken. We're not going to be scared. We're going to yeah. come together and just and get on with it. And New York has that feel as well. Well, yeah. I mean, I was I was living in Manhattan on 18th Street and Eighth Avenue on 9/11, right? Shit, and yeah, I had yeah. I had a brownstone. I went up to the roof and I was watching. I couldn't really see exactly all the way downtown because I wasn't in a really tall building. Yeah, but I saw the the what are they? fighter planes flying around Manhattan yeah. after the fact and I was yeah. like shit and it's going down well I mean it, it is one of those things that's multi-layered right yeah especially the, the New York thing was God knows what's going on with that yeah I'd rather yeah. not talk about yeah. that because it, it does <laughs> yeah, bug sure, me man completely. Uh, but I think what's important for people to understand is that you know you can always say you reap what you sow and yes western civilization has done a lot of bad shit mm-hmm. to a certain part of the world that is now yeah. manifesting in, in terrorist attacks and stuff 100%. doesn't ex- i'm just saying that's what's happening yeah and i think just life in the city can't be denoted it can't be defined by that type of shit yeah because if you did that I means be like you know i can't ride a skateboard in new york why not because when i was a little kid someone took my skateboard it's like you can't live your life like that 100 percent. and but, it's, it's as i said it's it's an interesting one and again we won't get too deeply into it because this is a friendly conversation yeah. podcast this it, isn't it, a political it, debate but it is that thing that it's something i was considering the other day that people will say about and again this last one it was a british guy who'd been who'd been yeah. a, a brainwashed and that's horrible it's brainwashed yeah. for evil for this but you've also got to at some point go why are we so easy to brainwash against it's, it's going to mean there's some good there's there, yeah. there's some good shit that you can say look what they've done here well, look what they've done there do you yeah. know what i mean it's 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 trying to not be blind to 
we are the wonderful, innocent, good guys. It's yeah. like it wouldn't be easy to brainwash us or, or brainwash yeah, against us if I mean. that wasn't if we didn't have some sh- some shit in our past and some shit in our locker. I always you can always judge. I don't know who said it. But you can always kind of judge the the moral compass of a of a civilization by looking at its art. Yeah, right. And that's a real. I, someone told me that a yeah. long fucking time ago, and it's something I always thought about when I was thinking about what's going on around me, especially with culture. When I was writing music with the criminals, when yeah. we were very, very popular, so I was writing like my second and third record where I was knowing that like millions of people would hear this shit. It was like you could start almost taking a little bit more responsibility of what you see. And this yeah, was a, yeah, kind yeah, of a yeah. thing I used to think about. And, you know, like starting in 96 when we did our first record, it was before really the internet, social media kind of thing, but it was still in that weird postmodernist thing I was telling you a little bit about where, yeah. you know, it was starting to get lowest common denominator and really overtly vulgar for the sake of it and you know that's kind of like when you when you realize well if we're not really caring what we're putting in our hearts yeah we're not really we're not really caring in in any respect yeah yeah completely it's 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 weird i mean that must have been it must have been a strange or it's strange when any band blows up but it must yeah for us we were like what the fuck did we do and and again and, and, and when you're doing it and when you're making music are with your friends particularly in New York particularly as fun loving criminals yeah. you're going to be kind of playing up to shit playing up to characteristics and suddenly that's blown up and that's all that's, that's you but we got lucky because in, in, in America for the most part I mean the first record it did go gold in the US and stuff like that we toured with U2 but it wasn't yeah, like it grew we were, up in the UK yeah, a lot more first, yeah big right. time in Europe and Asia and stuff yeah. so we could go back to New York after the second third fourth whatever record and we were still virtually anonymous. Yeah. You know, it was just kind of like the guys who knew were friends of us and maybe the places we hung out. I was talking about Bungalow yeah, 8 before. Yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. Had a, they had a drink with my name was a drink. Yeah. So it was like you get away with certain shit being yeah. anonymous. But for the most part, only English tourists would be like, yo, shit, you're Huey, right? Yeah. I'm like, yeah, like, what the fuck are you doing here? I was like, I run this shit. <laughs> this is my spot. But yeah, but that, was, that. that was great, though, because then you could still have the, the real the real conversations with people about you know if, if you write stories like I write stories yeah, you write yeah, stories yeah, yeah. that's the idea with your song you yeah. want the actual human condition explored you're not answering questions you're just letting people know that yeah. they're not alone in the feelings they're feeling right completely so that's what I was trying to do and I was able to do it because we didn't blow up in America and yeah. that was great but it that's, was also one of those things where I knew that when I got off a plane in the UK or in Japan or whatever, I could get away with some shit I couldn't get away with in New York. It's a beautiful situation, right? It's, it's, yeah. it's a parallel to, to living out in the countryside. When you go home, you've got a bit of privacy and then you can choose, I'm going to go and be, I'm going to go and be Huey. Yeah, and I'm going to go and be a fun-loving criminal in the UK, yeah. in Asia, or wherever else, and have that <laughs> that buzz and excitement of being a rock and roll star as such. And I mean, I did do it for a long time. I'm not really looking for that buzz too much anymore, other yeah, than yeah, like playing yeah, yeah, music. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? It, the farmers out in Somerset, they don't give a damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, they that dude used to be a marine, I heard. Oh, yeah, yeah. whatever, leave him alone. He's got yeah. a shotgun. <laughs> you know, which I don't have. I don't yeah. have a shotgun. But, but they probably do. So, you know, it's kind of, it's the balance, I right? I, I, I got, like, you know, all these mounted machine guns in my property. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, yeah, don't fuck with an ex-military person's house. That's all I got to say. Completely. So, so what was the route in, in, into the Marines? It's something that, mm. obviously, you're, anyone who's been in that situation is very proud of. Mm. Was it, is it something that you, you, you look at as, it was a good thing, it was the right time? Because you joined quite young, right? Yeah. I've got a guy coming on the podcast in a few weeks who is a campaigner for 
for pushing up the age of, of military service because he joined the army in the UK at 16 yeah. and he, he went through some shit man and it was, again mm. he, feel, he felt it was the right choice at the time but it was a similar thing he felt a little bit a brainwashed and he still got the utmost respect for yeah. all of this but it was no, a, I mean, I, a strange I, time I, when I went in I was I, had, I, was I guess I was young enough that my mother had to sign a parental right. consent yeah yeah right and at that point, I was, like I said, like ODB. We're talking about ODB's lyrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sound like I had a couple couple open cases, but nothing specific. You right, know what I'm right, 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 right. Yeah, Where's yeah. that from? Uh, yeah. like, pop shots? Yeah, pop yeah, shots? yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, nothing specific. Uh, but like a kid that age shouldn't have shit like that going yeah. on. Yeah. And I think it all boiled down to me thinking I was a tough guy. Yeah. And, uh, and it's that thing at the younger ages as well where you can... They're, it is all going to be that bit less specific. Yeah. You're not at that age where it's easy to put. Do you know what I mean? It's that thing you you can get away with shit. So to a certain extent, yeah. But you know, but also, I think I was lucky in the respect. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm saying I'm lucky that I got out of it. I should say, big yeah. picture, I'm lucky I lived. Yeah. Because right? yeah, I know yeah. a lot of my good friends hadn't, and I a lot of my good friends got out, and they were a lot more fucked up than I am. So yeah, I yeah, can't yeah, yeah. say that you know. I was lucky to know somebody who knew that maybe I needed this kind of structure. Yeah. But yeah. I, I did, and, you know, it was suggested that, you know, I enlist. Yeah. I was like, you know what? These guys think they're fucking tough with the fucking Marines over there. Let me give that a shot. And, like, at that age, we were talking before, when you're that young, you're still wild, man. Yeah. You know, I yeah. mean, I'm a dad, and I know that having a son, they're wild from the fucking getty up. It's yeah. our job to kind of, like, <laughs> yeah. channel that. To, to, to rein it in, yeah, to, to it, nurture just, it in the right places. Yeah, and just know that they can feed other things with that fuel. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, with that yeah, fire yeah. that's going on, it's good, but you have to, you know, you can do other things with it rather than break shit. 100%. But, yeah, so I was, I was in Young. I did, was, I did really good because that's what I was channeling it to. Yeah. And they're really good at showing you what you can... Because, you know, we're essentially, like, just big crazy apes with guns and booze. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of how we got to look at ourselves. And yeah. if anything brilliant comes out of humanity, we got to cherish that shit. You yeah. Know? Cause yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. we are fucking monkeys, bro. Yeah. And I think that kind of like, we, we get that, that's lost. Yeah. So I think, anyway, getting into the service that young, and especially the Marine Corps, it was an experience that I think I needed, I needed at that point in my life, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, it served me really well since I lived through it. It's like, yeah. honestly, if it don't kill you, it makes you stronger. That's essentially yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I know guys that, you know, I know guys that it almost did kill. Yeah. And it didn't. And those are the toughest fucking guys I've ever met. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so in the same respect, coming out of it, the other end in one piece is, is a massive deal and a massive achievement as well. So what was your, your route? Because I, I remember hearing at the time, and again, I, I, I bought the Grave and the Consonant single when it mm-hmm. came out. So yeah. before the album, I was, yeah. I was, I was down from was day one. tipping my and, toe in a, into my, my subconscious, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but I remember, as I said, I remember hearing then that you guys, you worked in a bar and you were just playing in-house. So, so mm-hmm. how did you get from the Marines to working in a bar? Like, what was that? A journey? lot of near misses. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, we were yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, that yeah, before. Yeah. It, it is kind of, if you can, I mean, if you, if you know me, I, I, when I was young, I used to love music. Yeah. Uh, I always could tell you who was playing bass and drums on an old Stax record. I knew yeah. the guy. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. for some reason, my mother had gotten me uh, a rock, the rock, the encyclopedia of rock and roll. Yeah, and it was the bathroom book for me. And it was just me and my mom awesome. in the house. And like the little boy goes in the bathroom, he's got a book. It was that book. That's amazing. I That's just learned good. all this shit really yeah. young. 
so I was always into music, and I also started playing guitar when I was probably about 10 or 11, because yeah. chicks dug it, right? Yeah, and then I yeah, started playing blues, because this kid in my building, who's a little bit older than me, had like really good music, like Robert Fripp and 801 Live and shit, which yeah. is some trippy shit you get into. But anyway, like rock and roll and stuff like that. So I started playing music. So it was like something I really thought was a big part of my life. A lot yeah. of kids, especially in my situation, I was an only child. And when you're starting to go through stuff where you don't really have a father around, you start looking to other things and other older dudes yeah. to kind of show you the way. And that's rock dudes. We're yeah. rappers or whatever yeah. it was, man. So yeah, rapper man. was starting a little bit later on in my life. But like rock dudes, like, oh, man, you know, this dude looks cool. Let me see what's up with that. And you'd learn different types of music, like Muddy Waters. That's a cool motherfucker. I want to yeah. be like him. Yeah, you know, I yeah, wish yeah, he was yeah, my yeah, dad. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that was kind of how I did shit. And a lot of that's a bit of, of luck and who you stumble upon and yeah. who's there to influence you. Like, knowing some blues Charles guy about the rodents and stuff like that is kind of it. It, it it pushes you in an amazing direction that you can lose yourself in. And that's why the fun of criminals wear suits. Because yeah. the old blues dudes, especially Muddy Waters. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, well, he wears a suit because he has respect for what he does. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that was kind of the thought behind it. And then, you know, when I when I was starting to hit the streets, you know, it was at, at a time where, like you said, it, you could get away with a lot more. Yeah. There wasn't like, you know, there wasn't C- NCIS and fucking, you know, all these people running around with forensic kits and yeah, shit. You yeah, get away yeah, with a yeah, lot, yeah. man. And it was an open, it was open season in New York, man. Uh, to quote Old DB again. Yeah. Like, the Brooklyn had the hardest projects, and when crack came in the neighborhood, it started popping. So it yeah. was like, that type was that type of thing in New York City was real easy to be bad. Yeah. It was real yeah. easy to... But you weren't really bad. You were just doing bad shit and making bad money. Yeah, And yeah, at yeah. that young of an age, yeah, I got into some fucking trouble, and I turned out I had to go to the Marines to get my head right. Yeah. So when I got out, it was almost as if... If I think of the only good times in my life before the Marine Corps, yeah. it wasn't slinging and hustling and being a jerk. It was the music. So I said, oh, well, you know, I got a job at a nightclub because I didn't want to wake up early ever again. I was yeah. like, fuck that. Because <laughs> all you do is wake up early in the fucking Marines. They're yeah. like, can I lie in today? No. I've learned that. I know how to wake up early. Let's move on to learning some other stuff <laughs> yeah. now. I've got that nailed. Okay, you need to learn how to shoot. Now you're good at that. But, but so I got this job at a nightclub, and that's where I met fast. Yeah. This dude we knew in... This guy we both knew, mutual friend, said, you guys would get along, man. Shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we did. Yeah, and yeah. that's kind of how it all started. It's, it's, uh, I had Billy Bragg on the podcast, and he, and he was saying how he kind of got his break where he'd be the, the go-to guy at a, a, a local music venue if either a band pulled out or yeah. he'd be there supporting. And that was kind of his in. The fact was he wasn't about, I want to be paid this much or I want a headline yeah. I want this he's like I want, a, I want stage I want, time yeah, yeah. and that you was a similar time, thing yeah. with you guys right Absolutely. it was just kind of when there was a, a gap to get up you'd mm-hmm. be getting up initially this girl Andra who was a club kid you know with the crazy platform sneakers yeah, yeah, and shit yeah, yeah. and like the little like I don't know Alice in Wonderland dress crazy yeah. bugged out hair and yeah, shit yeah, yeah. I used to love that I didn't find it like girls that were that were club because I didn't really find them sexy because I yeah. thought it was kind of like almost like like comical but yeah. they were funny man them yeah, bitches yeah, were crazy yeah. man and I say bitches with all the love in my heart alright sure yeah definitely and the thing with that was this chick had a birthday and was like knew me and fast and was like yo you motherfuckers need to play my birthday party and yeah. we're like we're working that night she goes I'll talk to the, the manager she talked to the manager the manager comes up to us like you guys are in a band we're like yeah so we did the gig he liked it and then whenever a band cancelled the opening spot or if, uh, nothing really big canceled, but we'd open up for like Sugar Hill Gang and Corn, you know? damn, yeah. and like just like Cypress Hill. I mean, yeah. we did all these crazy gigs because we were there. So if yeah. they didn't have an opening band, and the headliner's like, "We're not going at nine thirty. We're going on at eleven thirty. Oh, we need another band. Yeah. You guys punch out, get your shit, come back. That's the perfect 
we situation. We're forced, forced to rock big because the limelight and the Palladium, that's like 2,000 people, yeah. 2,500 people in a big joint. You're like, fuck, you got you to gotta know what works real quick because you're an that, opening band, bro. Did that variation of, of, of support slots and whatnot... Uh, influenced your your style because just as saying that it's just all of those 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 bands you listed it fits because yeah. you've got you've got some blues you've got some rock and roll there's some singing there's some rapping there's you know what i mean yeah. it's it's all there so you'd think you wouldn't see this like if if you were going to see the, the sugar hill gang and then the, then later that week you're going to see corn mm-hmm. you wouldn't expect to see the same support act yeah. but and bruce hornsby we opened up for bruce hornsby yeah, yeah. again so it's like that kind of shit it, it made us realize that we liked all types of different music. Yeah. And we knew, like, if we're doing a half hour before Sugar Hill Gang, make it interesting for the people who have come to see Sugar Hill Gang. You yeah. know, you know that. And yeah. being, being a guy that worked, the, I was, like, the bar back for a minute at the disco bar, which is the main room at the limelight, yeah. I'd see bands every fucking day at work. Yeah. So I knew what worked. I knew that what what things you could say to a crowd in between songs that they'd under-fucking-stand. Because yeah. a lot of dudes get up there and go, yeah. You need to keep it short. Yeah, exactly, man. You need to allow them to get some response in to yeah. get out of their system because they're going to give a response. Oh, yeah, so if gonna, you don't want it, then it's going to yeah, fuck shit up. If you're going to like mumble down the mic in a, in a, at a club gig, right? yeah. you've know yeah. got to you know, keep it short, concise. But you know things like that you just learn, and it becomes, I guess it becomes part of your process when you go out on stage. Yeah. Because you're like, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, but I know what worked and what I saw work and what I saw that maybe I could interpret. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. you, you don't want to, you know, kind of just mimic folk where you see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, you're like, all right, well, that fucking worked. And yeah. like, there's just small things like how you talk to people or just small 100%. things about like how you don't point your, your, your big fucking amp out, point it sideways so yeah. it doesn't burn yeah. people in the front row. Shit like that. And, and again, I think people... Seem to bizarrely get ashamed of taking influence. I think that's a positive thing you need yeah. to learn from people. That, yeah. Well, that people think I think a lot of times people want to think they're they're unique. Yeah, right. And yeah. that's cool. You could be unique, but you're not growing up in a vacuum. I yeah, mean, look at, look you at can Prince. still learn from what people are doing. Right, Prince, absolutely unique guy. Right? Yeah, yeah. He, but he learned how to play guitar by watching Hendrix and shit. Yeah. You know, he learned how to dance by listening, watching James Brown, right? And he learned how to, 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 to have a house band to, to, mm-hmm. from the old soul and funk band so they can go, right, let's, let's go off on a tangent. Let's, mm-hmm. You know, it's all, all those influences. In, in my mind, you wear them with a badge, right? Mm-hmm. You, wear, you should wear them proudly well, rather than be, be secretive back, of this right, shit. Back in the day, on your backpack or your, your, your yeah, jean yeah, jacket, yeah, yeah, you yeah, had yeah. your freaking yeah. influences. You wore them Here's on your bands. sleeve, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. You defined yourself through the music you listened to. And I remember that that was like, I'm older than you, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm 48. But yeah. when I was coming up, it was like disco sucks or rock. You know, it was the rock disco yeah. thing. Complete rivalries. And, but I, it only happened outside my neighborhood because in our neighborhood, it was both. And then there was salsa. And then there was like, you yeah. know, Planet Rock was coming out too. So it was like, the whole thing was like, we loved everything. So they yeah. were like metal heads. Like I remember these two, two, two kids, I think they were panamanian like central american kids yeah. that were like straight up gangster metal heads yeah and like in mexico and central america metal is like like sepultura kind of metal too yeah definitely and there were these two these two kids that like were albanian they were brothers the leaker brothers so these two heavy metal peruvian kids and these two heavy metal uh albanian kids those are the four guys i learned how to play guitar with 
Amazing. So I was learning how to play blues guitar, and they were like, that's so slow. You have to learn how to sweet pick, which is like this technique yeah. where you go, bleep, bleep, bleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's insane. I don't do it. But you're like, that's who I played with. So I learned all that metal shit. And I just thought it was great that you could hang out and listen to that. And then they go like, hey, that Pointer Sister song that now Raj is what, thinking of you? Yeah. They were learning that yeah, little yeah, intro yeah, yeah, the guitar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were cool with that too. So it, yeah. was, it was inclusive. I thought it was cool. I think that's it. It's taking it's taking all the good bits. I think for in the UK at least for years, I'd go to I'd, I'd go to rap gigs and that'd be the, the most underwhelming gigs I went to. I'd go to punk gigs or metal gigs or anything else and that'd be wild. So as a performer myself, it was like right, I don't have to just take influence from the rappers I've seen because yeah. a lot of them are just standing there and they're in the, in reality they're kings of the. St- of the studio not necessarily kings of the stage that's it's absolutely like, right I want to be a king of the stage as well so yeah. it was that kind of a, a looking at Springsteen and Prince and, and, and people like Rollins, that who you know couldn't I mean? be yeah. further from what my music is mm-hmm. and, or, or Billy a brag of what he mentioned we got mm-hmm. to support a, a Billy at one time quite early on and he picked us and it was great to that's see cool. his crowd kind of be like they've not got any guitars this is weird. And by the end of the set, they kind of got it because we were talking about politics and mm. all, all sorts of other shit and trying to put on a show. I think at that point, it would have been hard for a lot of rap acts to get over to a Billy Bragg crowd. Yeah. But again, and, and the other thing I do got... You think, from, do you think it's because you listen to all this different stuff that you kind of realise that, especially with like that like tribal music thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Where you, I guess like Billy Bragg is like indie, right? Yeah, like yeah, really yeah. thoughtful yeah. indie. Yeah that certain people nowadays listen to stuff that is exactly like their Facebook run where it's just like everything that they agree with doesn't make them uncomfortable at all because when we were growing up and the same thing with you yeah. you check this other shit out you wouldn't fucking listen to you know uh, Tunnel of Love by Springsteen on your headphones yeah. but yeah. you like brother did his shit on that stage and yeah. it just seems like nowadays people wouldn't look out of their lane yeah. you know, they it's, wouldn't even it's, look up man. it's a weird one man because we've got the internet now as well so it's so much easier to, to <laughs> look out your lane just watch my, some other guy play it you know? my musical taste expanded so much when I worked in a record store because mm. other than that I can only afford to buy one or two records a month I ain't taking experiments yeah, I, ain't, yeah. I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't checking as, as something out I'm, I'm getting that one thing but it had that that openness and availability to, to, to be in the stock room and go Let's listen to this. That's oh, too, shit. Yeah, you don't have to buy it. Yeah, that, yeah. That was a, yeah, I knew a guy who worked in a record store, and that would be my dude. It was this place on 2nd Avenue yeah. in St. Mark's. He was the dude that put me on to the first Clash record. Yeah, yeah, Because he just yeah. said, look at this cover. I go, they look like some badass motherfuckers. Said, they are. I was the record good. It's awesome. So I was like, all yeah. right, it was my weekly $8 yeah, 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 or whatever yeah, yeah. I yeah. fucking got from my mom yeah. for taking garbage out and shit. But yeah, no one I'll really t- took this. a chance. I think to a certain extent, unless they heard something before. Yeah. I mean, now it's so much. E- I don't. I think it's just all the sh- paradigm is not even. It hasn't shifted. It just fell off the flat earth, and yeah. now there's something new there. It's like, it's like trying to equate like the Kitty Hawk, which is like the first airplane, to the space shuttle. I mean, yeah. they have something in common, but then again, ninety nine percent of it is not in common. It's so, different. Yeah. Creatures. They're both flying. Yeah. But they're flying in completely different yeah, places. Yeah, it's, totally it's, different, it's, it's, it's not relevant. Um, the other f- a thing I, l- I liked f- f- from what you were saying there is, particularly in those those early days of of, of doing opening slots and, and wanting to impress 
the crowd. I think no, it's girls, the difference man, girls, between not even crowd girls. Because yeah, yeah. if the girls are happy, the guys are happy. Yeah, and that's hundred percent. And that's when I DJ clubs, man. It's like I'm not playing songs for you, dude. Yeah, no offense. I'm playing songs for the girl that you're with because when she starts dancing, you smile. You're, you're right. Because your that. girl yeah. is dancing. You know. I love that. I love that. And it, it, again, it's it's getting across. It feels like it's we're monkeys, and it may man. Be, monkeys with guns and alcohol, bro. <laughs> completely. It, it may be oversimplifying or, or or putting into boxes, but if it feels like the difference between bands and performers who come from a working class background mm. and you're more art school type thing and yeah. I've seen bands who go up there and they're there to perform their art and whilst I've always had an element of that I'm there like, like, like I, I feel almost guilty people have paid to, <laughs> yeah. for a night out if I'm getting up there and yeah, not man. not making the move then shit I've fucked up in some way and that yeah. it's that kind of I think it's that attitude and an outlook that yeah, I, you're right. That pushes you to perform well. Yeah, you're right, man. I I know that there. I mean, there are people. There, it's like you know, everybody has. You know, I, I just say I'll break it down to 360 degrees of their 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 self, right? Yeah. And especially when you, you're trying to, you're trying to actually make a go of being artistic and being productive at the same time in your life, and you get a job like we have. Yeah. Yeah, there's a certain responsibility that falls on a certain type of person. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, and I think you're right. Yeah. I think it comes from the person who actually had to think of it as more of a thing than an expression. Like, right, you know, yeah. like, like when I first got our record deal, I was like, "Shit, this is my thing now." Yeah, I got to learn how to play guitar better. I was good. I knew how to play. I didn't practice. Yeah, so I learned how to play guitar better because that was my thing. Yeah. All right. Now, if it's my expression, man, whatever I do is cool because I'm just expressing myself. Yeah. Like the band, The Strokes. A lot of people like them. I think they got good songs and all that yeah. stuff. But that's the one band that the dudes in the band never got any better yeah. at playing their instruments. It's genuinely the band I was thinking of <laughs> when I was saying that some people just get up there and do things. And again, I'm a massive fan no, of the I'm strokes. Sorry, they I've do, seen they do them well, but they, yeah. didn't, they didn't. We're talking about evolution. Yeah. There was yeah. no involvement in their thing because it wasn't their thing. It was their expression. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, you know, when we're talking about girls liking stuff, yeah, you know, girls like the strokes for that kind of laissez-faire attitude of, yeah, yeah, of their yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. girls also like motherfuckers who know what the fuck is up at every moment. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's the dichotomy. And then most people lie in between. You yeah. know? So if you are on either side of that spectrum, it's a good thing. You yeah. Know? So, so what was it like then when you started or when you suddenly found yourselves in, in, in the music industry? <laughs> you're not in a band anymore. You're in the music industry. You've got... You're working with labels and managers, yeah. and there's all sorts of pressure to release records to tour. Well, you know, How the, did you find that? Because again, hearing the upbringing and and the Marines almost being there to 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 to, to get you in line, but from what you've said, it felt more the, like you were going there to say, <laughs> "I'll show you I can do that." Yeah, you know yeah. I mean, more motivation than than I need to get in in line. So, how was that to my be stress, in that world? I'll tell you, my stress management has always been really off the mark i was yeah. always good at not letting things get to me yeah right especially when we got this record deal i yeah. realized that well the whole thing was the record deal was unique in the respect that they offered us an eight record deal damn so eight albums they were like we want you to be here like they're pretty much saying for your career we want you to be on this label That's crazy and that you, came about from someone we, just we, being in the crowd <laughs> yeah, right we had done we actually we we never did a demo tape but this dude who was a dj at the club this guy dominic yeah <laughs> Dom was like, yo, yeah, give me Dominic DeLuca, fucking guy. He was like, you know, give me, give me something I can play at the club. You know, he plays rock and hip-hop, yeah. one of the things. And he's like, give me something I can play at the club. So we went in the studio and recorded the shit that we were playing live yeah. and gave him the tape. And he was a scout for EMI. Right. We didn't know that. He was, he was trying to get some shit because he thought yeah, we were good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and he got a founder's fee. So he was mo- motivated by these. Man, he was yeah. like, I'm gonna make some money. He brought it to this dude, Mike Schnapp, who was the head of A and R at EMI. Yeah. And Mike Schnapp came and saw us a couple of times, but didn't tell us. And then brought his boss, who was the president, down. And then we played this one gig that wasn't tremendous, but it was a good gig. And he came backstage and offered us this deal. So it was like it's crazy. And I love the shit that's going on without yeah, you knowing. Yeah, the thing like, is, without that that pressure, it's like oh. I've seen you once. Yeah. In his mind, our relationship's developed. I'm bringing my boss down next time. In your mind, I'm playing I a gig. I've got, yeah. got a shift tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's, it's like, like I got to punch out after this yeah, shit and go yeah. back and carry beer bottles. So, That's crazy. So the, I mean, when you hear the story after the fact, yeah, you could see maybe there have been like, you know, trepidation on our part. But when we got the deal, it was, I knew that this probably wasn't going to go anywhere. Yeah. So I was like, well, you know what? I was like being all Tony Montana. I got my wood and, you know, yeah, <laughs> my wood and my balls and I don't break from no one. Yeah, That's how yeah. I kind of rolled with it. And, yeah. you know, when we started dealing with the, with the label and we knew it was an eight-record deal, and I remember my boy Fast being like, oh, I was like, don't let it affect you. Yeah. Just don't let it affect you. Because once it affects you, it owns you. Yeah. And that's what you don't want. And we had seen people that were, you know, when we had opened up for them, we'd seen people get affected. Yeah. And you don't want to get affected. So we tried okay. to do shit our way. And I remember we, they asked us who we wanted to produce the record. We were like this guy, Bob Power, who did Tribe Called Quest and stuff. Damn, yeah. Because they just had the boom bap. And we yeah. knew that we were playing music like rock and soul. And if we had that low end and those drums solid, that's kind of the idea we wanted. Yeah. And we sent him that demo that we gave Dominic a year before, like six months before. And he came back and had a meeting with us and said, you don't need a producer, you need an engineer. And that's, right. that's how we met Tim Latham. Yeah, I was yeah, talking yeah, about, yeah. Right? yeah. So that's how we started making the record. In front of everybody, he said that. So the whole board's like, well... They're producing their records now. So we have an eight-record deal that we're producing, a major label debut. Everything could go wrong, right? So we went yeah, down man. to the studio and we recorded everything in five days because we thought they'd change their mind. It was too good to be true. It was just not happening. Let's so we get tried this to, on record. So let's it's get done. it done. You, it's tape, happened man, now. You know? Get it's it on there. the tape, man. <laughs> you know, and take that tape out of there. And that's how it kind of got going. And we, yeah. you know, we held out for the things that we thought we kind of needed to have because we knew it was temporary or we yeah. thought it was temporary it turned out not being but yeah 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 it's one of those things like if i'm gonna get if i'm gonna get fucked i'm gonna be comfortable yeah that's the whole idea it's, it, 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 again it's that perfect outlook of going i'm gonna make the most of this while i can yeah. and that will then if you can keep that almost throughout your whole career <laughs> then you're always just you're going you're going all in you're going yeah. right let's this this is probably any minute now they're gonna go what the fuck did we do? Yeah, yeah, How do we let these people you know, in? You have to leave now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, All right, that's cool. We'll leave when they ask us to leave. But until then, yeah. we're going to have a good time. And, yeah. and do, it, do it the right way, too. And, you know, what we didn't know, unbeknownst to us, is that we were t- those types of people that appreciated, didn't get affected, treated everybody like human beings. Yeah. And I think that's, to a large extent, why I'm still able to do stuff with that band yeah. 20 years after the fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even down to people like, who work for us as crew, or, yeah. or even the fans that we meet? Everybody gets the respect because yeah. they're human beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's important too. Like yeah. I, everybody wants to say, talk about respect, especially in the rap game. I yeah. Respect this, respect that. But you know, respect is something that's a little more human than than a lot of people portray it to be. Yeah. And I think with that comes just a certain upbringing yeah. where you, you're polite to somebody. Why? Because that's just the way you were brought up. You yeah. know. Or they, they could knock you the fuck out too, man. You know, it could go either way. Yeah, I was, I was discussing. I was talking to a friend of mine who's a. Um, in fact, I won't say who it was in, in, in case it's in any way slanderous. But um, they were talking about how that worked with um, a massive a, a film star at some point. They were going, 
he's the, the nicest guy in the world to everyone, but you know that it's for a reason. And it's, <laughs> it's to get this and to do that. And, yeah. and my response to that was, well, I mean, if you're going to be contrived and calculated, be, if you can be it in a way that means... You, you're nice to everyone. That's, that's kind of dope, right? There's no, yeah, there's no, no, there's no loss. I can't get mad at that. Yeah, and also, who, who, who's, who's to say that he's maybe compelled to do it for reasons that you don't understand? Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. It's everybody assumes they know Completely. what everybody else is thinking because that's what they'd think. Yeah, we're all different. The that's fact the thing. is, you can get to a level of power and you can be a piece of shit to people yeah. because you're that person, or you can go, "I'm going to be nice to everyone." The ten because, million dollar rule. That's what we call yeah, it in New yeah. York. We call it the ten million dollar rule. Yeah, you make ten million bucks. You are who you are. You don't give a fuck about like retirement. You don't yeah. give a fuck about having a job for the rest of your life. Yeah, go you fuck become, yourself, money. You, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. become who you are. And I've seen that fuck a lot of people up to the point where they don't have the ten million dollars anymore. <laughs> they're yeah. just like assholes, and everybody knows they're yeah, assholes. Man. And I know people that were always the good guy and yeah. always like the stand-up guy about shit. And if you get a certain amount of money, yeah, I mean, it, it does allow you if you have gripes that you want to get back at humanity. Yeah. With. Yeah, 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 yeah. People do that, man, and people sometimes are bastards. The thing that I like, and again, it came from the, the fuck the f- off kind of money. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck off. What? Yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> I, My name's Harvey Weinstein. Fuck off. Exactly. You've got that. Um, I, the thing that I liked, and, and from the, f- the first time we met, I got it that exactly that. You've always been polite and friendly and cordial, but also I know that that you're still a dude from New York and you can, yeah. you know, if someone's trying to walk over you, then you're not, you're not yeah. going to stand for that. So there's two things I've noted that I want to discuss. And one of them is, I think it was the last t- time we saw each other, I got you to tell me the story because I'd half read it or half heard it a years ago about doing a gig or a festival somewhere and Hanson were playing and, and, and the little <laughs> yeah, kids. the MTV Awards, man. MTV yeah. Awards. Tell, again, I remember hearing that back in the day right. and then the way you kind of... told it to me was even better than the way I'd heard it so we were backstage at the MTV Awards but it was in like Rotterdam it was in in Holland Mm. it was in in, because we were smoking a lot of grass yeah yeah. and it was okay I remember that it was allowed yeah well it's pretty much allowed it's like Keith Richards I was hanging out with him one time because he he only lets me interview him at the BBC he's like I want Huey I want Huey and I'm like I don't know him but I'll hang out with him (laughs) when I interviewed him the first time I asked him three questions I was like what are you reading Tell me about the blues. And, yo, I'm a dad. Can I be a better dad? And that's the three questions. So he likes me. He thinks I'm all right. I didn't ask him who he's fucking or whatever. So I think think it comes down to... Wait, I think I just spaced that. I lost my train of thought. You're you're backstage at the MTV Awards. I dropped dropped Keith's name and I lost it. But it just comes down (laughs) to he said he could smoke anywhere because he's Keith Richards. Yeah, So we felt the same thing with the pot. We've done it over the years. It was kind of stupid most of the time. And you've been known. It's in songs. It's in songs. I prefer that than than booze. If someone has booked you guys, there's going to be a suggestion. that this going happening. But, you know, as the older we get, we kind of have tapered that. But was the, the point of it was like we're smoking outside this dressing room that Fast was dating this girl who was mm. presenting an award, right? right? Yeah, yeah. And he's in there with her, so I go outside because he's his girl. I don't want to be in the dressing room with them. <laughs> so I light up with <laughs> Jimmy. I'm hanging out in the dressing room. And this little kid comes out, and it's the kid who's now like six five, big old, big old football player yeah, motherfucker yeah, yeah. from Hanson, who was the little drummer the kid, drum, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. He might have been like eleven or twelve or whatever the fuck he was. He's little, right? He's like, you need to put that out. I was like, no. Uh, why? He's like, I, 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 so it's getting really heated on me. I was like, yo, fuck off, kid. You know, don't come at me like that. I don't know you. You know, like, I'm not mean to him on purpose, but he's coming at me very aggressively. And I'm looking around like, 
whose fucking kid is this, man? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I yeah, don't yeah. clock that he's the dude in, in, in Hanson yet, right? Yeah, it's just, just some, some obnoxious kid. I think he's like the son of somebody. I'm like, hope it's not the dude Tom who runs MTV. He's like, this is my boy. Yeah, he just yeah. told my boy to get the fuck out of here. So I'm just like, yo, yo, just fuck off, man. You know? And he comes back, goes into this room, comes back out with this dude who's like, you know, his dad, the kid's dad. And I was like, you know, he's like, what, what, you, who told my kid to fuck off? I was like, I didn't tell him to fuck off. He came at me telling me all about myself. I'm a grown-up. He's not a grown-up, <laughs> right? can't talk to me like that, and yeah. I, and I, I go, put, send your son away. He was like, huh? I was like, send your son away. And the kid went back in the room. I was like, it's on you now, motherfucker. You came out here talking all this shit, and I'm not going to hit you in front of your boy, but yo. And he was just like, and then the kid was sticking his head out, and I go, I might hit you. And he was like, ah. <laughs> and I went in but yeah, it was just like me being overly aggressive, man. I love it. I love it, and it's it's just it's the kids from Hanson. Yeah, I mean, it turned trying, out to, then, trying to it, talk up to yeah, because grown ups. Yeah. But yo, man, they they had a weird upbringing, man. Yeah, so completely. Again, I, they I always it was okay to talk to an adult they didn't know who was doing something illegal. Who like, thinks it's, of that shit? It's, up? It's, it's it's not wise. But again, you can forgive that stuff if you've had this weird up upbringing. Yeah. It's, it's always been my thing with when people go on about how Justin Bieber's this piece of yeah. shit and whatever else, I was like, the yeah, it's, it's, brothers, it seems like he, it seems like he is, but you don't, he's not had any, he's, he's never lived in reality. Yeah. It's like, he's going to be in some way. Yeah, it's the hopefully, Michael Jackson shit. Man. Yeah. Hopefully he'll come out the other end and it's, it all makes sense, but you're going to have a period where you're, you're, there was you're that, crazy. There was that one video I saw Justin Bieber, like in England, in yeah. London, trying to kick some shit. Yeah, some yeah, dude, like, yeah, I'll yeah, put yeah. your fucking ass or something yeah. like that. I was like, wow, you must be jet lagged. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I mean, like a lot, of, a lot of young people are like that, though, man. So um, I do want to talk they, about. They haven't knocked the fuck out. Like, yeah. you, like I was telling you, like, you sometimes. To get you, punched in the face. Yeah, yeah, know it, it, that but feels. also, you realize that you're not going to die if you get punched in the face, but it's yeah. not fun. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's not enjoyable it's in not any way. It's not you want to keep doing, so yeah. maybe you just reel that, that mouth in or wind your neck in. Is that yeah. what they say in Yeah, 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 completely. But equally, it means that when you are talking shit, you you know the consequences. Oh, yeah. It means something to you. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking shit. I know that I know what yeah. the consequence is, but th- this means enough for me yeah. in this situation. Um, yeah, this ain't Twitter, dude. <laughs> I mean, I want to talk about Six Music because that's been like a second a life for you. But oh, one yeah. of the other things I want to get into, I, I, I've always liked. I've always felt that in this industry, you, you can spend too much time thinking. Is this the right choice? Is this the right choice? What will people think of this? What, what will people think of that? And I, I try and, and look at any project I'm presented with and go, does that look like I'll enjoy it? Yeah. Is, is that something I want to do rather than career-wise? And I thought exactly that when I was on tour once. And I've, it's one of those, those hotel mornings. I've just, just turned the TV on. And I saw you um, and, 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 and Lisa... Um, Lisa Tarbuck. L- Lisa Tarbuck yeah. pre- presenting the show about rescue dogs. And I was yeah. like... This is not what I expected to see Huey on yeah. early morning, but it was great. Again, yeah. I love dog. Again, it, it, my exact thought process was, I'd love to do a show like that. It's like, yeah. Well, I was talking about opportunity, right? <laughs> yeah. And like, I come from low expectations, frankly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where I come from, like, you know, taking a field trip to Staten Island was something I wanted to do. Yeah. I probably would never have gone to Staten Island otherwise. So when that came about, I loved dogs. I had just buried my dog of 17 years. Yeah. This dog, Sugar, she was yeah, my yeah, shit yeah. all the way through my life, right? Yeah. Well, 17 years of it, right? But my adult life. Yeah. And I thought I wanted to give back because it, it, I mean, having that dog kept me out of trouble. I couldn't stay out all night. Yeah. Hanging out with bitches. Yeah, yeah, getting in trouble. Yeah, I was like, yeah. nah, this can't happen. I got to walk Let's my dog. I don't want to shit in my room, you know? 100%. When I come home, I don't want my apartment soiled. So 
I wanted to give back, and this is a perfect opportunity to do that. Some some charity work, that's great. You do, yeah. but it comes down to even something more more simple than that. I didn't know if I'd like to do that or not. I had never hosted a fucking rescue dog show before yeah. in my life. Maybe that would be something that I'd fucking find great joy in. How do you know until you do it? Exactly. Right? Like, like I did something. What was it? BBC breakfast or something like that and mm. Louise Redknapp does right. it yeah 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 I don't know her from back in the day I did that it didn't work out for me I'm a little I'm a little I don't know I'm a little too vulgar for that right right, right. I don't yeah, know but yeah, yeah. no no actually you know what not vulgar I'm just a little too hip for that really yeah, frankly yeah, yeah, yeah. because you know they I could see how it's very middle of the road white bread kind of thing and like not 100%. to disparage that but just that's not me you yeah. know so I didn't know that until I tried it and the same thing with, the, with working with Lisa was great because I can play rhythm guitar and I realized that I can play rhythm guitar. Yeah. So that's something I learned from that. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, cool. yeah, it was her yeah, show. Yeah. She called me up. was like, yo, you want to, we've done a radio show together Yeah. a couple times because I think Jonathan Ross had gotten in trouble for that Russell Brand right. shit. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was out and they got us to do a couple weekends. Yeah. And she's cool. I like her. She's yeah. a sincerely awesome chick, right? She cracks me up. Yeah, she's, she's cool, great. man. And she's smart as fuck, man. So she called me up and said, yo, I need someone to play rhythm guitar in this shit. You know, it's like... Eight, eight shows we can do it in like a week and a half or something over at television so I was like fine yeah let's okay. do it yeah and I did I it and it. I realized that wow that's what it's like to make that kind of show on a big network yeah there was so much crazy shit that I did it was like making a film it was yeah. like that like straight up so yeah it was interesting to do but it's like not something I'd go out of my way to try to do again unless the opportunity presented itself where it made sense for me but again you've learned that and yeah. uh, it's similar and, and we'll get on on, on onto radio now like when I had my radio show I had to have my arm twisted so badly to mm. do a, a radio show Likewise. and, the, and the thing that was sold to me on it was it's going to be playing hip hop that hasn't got a home in this country yeah. it's going to be playing uh, people like Sage Francis or, or, or Rhyme Sayers or, or, or Strange Famous and all these other kind of labels that don't have a home over here so I was like mm. alright well again in a way I was like I'll do a good deed I'll, I'll do this show and then I fell in love with it. I yeah. fell in love with broadcasting. So was that a, a similar route to you? Because almost, it seems like such a perfect kind of word fit. For word, because it's almost been 10 years since I've been working at Six Music, right? Yeah. And I've been at Radio 2 like seven years. Yeah. Right? So it's really weird to think about, wow, I've been doing that a fucking long time. Yeah. And I didn't want to do it at first. And the, it's kind of interesting. When I got hired to do the Six Music stuff, the thing that, that got me to do it was... I wasn't in love with music anymore. Right. Whatever had happened with the band and, you know, there was some rough parts with the band because we had a big problem with our manager and it took yeah. like a lot of years out of it, lawsuits and crazy shit. And, yeah, And I just was out of love with music. Yeah. And I still had this fucking amazing record collection, right? I got like 250,000 records, man. Yeah. But, you know, now it's about that, but it's all digitized now. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah, I yeah, lost yeah, yeah. a whole mess of stuff in Hurricane Sandy at a storage locker with oh, really? literally, like, you know, about 15,000 LPs and maybe oh, 5,000. You know, shit got wrecked. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I, luckily I digitized a lot of shit. Now you can have, like, 15 hard drives with a bunch of yeah, shit. Yeah, you don't yeah, even listen yeah. to it anymore. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's how I got back into music, and I knew I needed something. Yeah. And as, as much as, like, I thought that, I don't know if I was, like, a, I could club DJ, because I always did that. You know, yeah. you always got to spin some records together. But being a, a radio DJ was different. So I just kind of went in there and just played music that I knew I liked. And I realized through that process, I was back in love with music. And, I, and a lot of people that listen to my show find it eclectic, which is a nice yeah. word to say, yeah. scatterbrained or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, that was yeah. me growing up. So, you know, a lot of us are like that. A lot of us like different types of shit. Yeah. And I realized that... 
there were, I had a lot of kindred spirits in the world because like, a lot of times you think you're alone in your tastes 100%. for a lot of things, but yeah. music in particular, especially young people and things. And you realize it's okay because other people feel the same way about music. It kind of makes you feel like you're part of the equation, you're part of the human race. Yeah. And that's important, especially for a dude like me who always felt he was a little bit outside shit and was yeah. always trying to get in with certain things. And, you know, especially when... You know, when you, when you try to actually assimilate in a society after you're in the military. Yeah. It's the hardest fucking thing to do. Right. And, like, especially now with a lot of the young kids who actually have spent the last 15 years at war in America, and even in the U.K., there's a lot of dudes yeah, in, yeah. that are homeless and things. They can't compute and things. I find it really, I find it really helpful to know that you're part of the equation. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I, I talk to veterans groups and shit like that. If yeah. I can, that they let me. Because <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah, of times yeah, they're yeah. like, you're a little wild with the motherfucker stuff. And I was like, ah, oh, motherfuckers know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it's true. All, all vets are like, they say motherfucker to their mom. Yeah. They're like, yeah, this yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. But, the, 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 <laughs> but that said, though, I think it's cool to, to fall back into something that, like in my life, gave me purpose. Yeah. Which is back when I was a really young kid and music was the thing. Yeah. So yeah, I think it helped me do a lot of things with the world. It can it can be it can be f- fear of things that aren't aren't aren't, aren't real hurdles yeah. that put you off jumping into anything like that. And I can imagine with the BBC, for example, because they're so known. And again, they with stuff like the Russell Brand thing and all that. Yeah. There's so much. There's there's so many rules and regulations. But you realise that once you're in there and you become part of that f- that family. Then there's, there's there is give and take, and there is that trust. And it was similar. It's weird. Like when I got my XFM show, um, in the meeting I had, I mentioned you and and Zane Loke because yeah. the, particularly at that point there was such weird rivalries. Like it's what I love about podcasts is there doesn't seem to be. I'll talk about podcasts I love, and the thing yeah. I said in my meeting was, look, I'm up for doing this, but as long as I'm allowed to say if I'm playing a track I heard on Huey's show. That I heard this track on Huey's show. If I heard a track on Zane's show, I can say I heard it on Zane's show. It doesn't have to be this wow, illusion. You integrity. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I wanted that be, illusion yeah. that, you, that, that, that you have to pretend that every track you've yeah. selected it appeared on your desk out of nowhere. It's like yeah. no, you again. It's it's, it's credit for influences yeah. and stuff like that, as we were discussing yeah. earlier with live. I think, like we said, there's certain types of people that have a certain outlook on things like yeah. that. You know, yeah. because the way you, you're brought up. Yeah. And yeah, you give people props. I remember I spoke to Zane. Yeah, I'm like oh, about ten years ago. Yeah. Now Zane, we all know, is at Beats now. He yeah. took he took the money. Everybody's like, oh, he took the money. I was like, you know what? You don't know his situation. Yeah, you know he he's a fucking righteous dude for real. Yeah, hundred percent. He should be compensated to be that righteous dude yeah. to someone who really wants to hook him up. Also, you know, he's from New Zealand right now. He lives in L.A. That's a short trip for his parents to make to see their grandkids. So he's doing fine. And also, that's his business. And people don't credit. Zane enough yeah. for the amount he managed to push the BBC because yeah, when he started yeah he, he, he pushed a lot amusingly but, but when he started doing his like an hour long interview with Kanye and an hour long yeah. interview with Eminem and stuff like that that shit wasn't about particularly with radio it was yeah. a, a sound bites a short a short little thing yeah. and he kind of said no this is this is something I can do and I can easily see how yeah there's going to be a, a big wave of money with beats and stuff like that but equally he can go I can go somewhere else and see where I can take things and how far I can push stuff and what I can do yeah. r- rather than seeing it as it's, it's taking the money and run. It's like, well, I mean, a lot of people in England feel kind of upset that he left yeah. the BBC because he was doing shit like that. Yeah. And, you know, within the BBC, there's not, there's not a lot of revolutionary spirit, right? Yeah. 
not everybody's dressed like the the Gallagher brothers and no. with the shell suits and yeah, wave yeah, their yeah, arms yeah, around yeah, the hallways. Yeah, yeah. It's not like that. Yeah, like people are pretty much middle of the road. People trying to do the best they can, but they're not like the the. I'm going to try to put this the right way. They're not people that commonly go out on a ledge yeah. and do stuff very different. Right? It's something 100%. that it, when that happens and it's done well, like Zane did those hour long interviews. You yeah. came out of that going. Damn. Yeah, you're going. Yeah. I have a good understanding of who this person is now, yeah. and that's something that's very rare, especially in a, in a generation of sound bites and three second joints. Yeah. It's hard to do. So when I was speaking to him, that was kind of when I, I was like, "How do you manage to do the stuff that you do within this kind of framework of the BBC?" And not, and not like it's a bad thing, but it's just it's existing. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. you can't just go in there and start moving buildings out of the way. It's existing, and it's existed for a long time yeah. for a reason not, too. Yeah, for a good reason completely. that it's. That it's a it's it tries its best to be an impartial conduit of culture and art to the British people. Yeah. All right. Yeah. For whatever that is now, that's their I think their their remit or their charter, whatever it is. Yeah. So they try to do that, and you know a lot of people there are very fucking smart. You know, I mean, and they know that they may need someone like Zane Lowe, and they may need someone like me. Yeah. And it's okay to need someone like me to kind of play different shit. But also at the same time, I, I'm that type of person that was raised that certain way, so there will be that naturally. And to their credit, from the beginning, they've just said, just do what you want to do, and if we it's have a perfect, problem, right? we'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And they have let me know on certain occasions. They were like, we have a problem with that. I was like, okay, I'll stop doing that. Again, it's that outlook of, and it's, it's, it's something I had on, uh, said on, on the XFM show, that our outlook was look, right look and again it's something that isn't particularly BBC but when they find the right person that'll Mm -hmm. allow that that kind of let's ask for forgiveness rather than permission yeah so so let's just do it and we'll see what happens and then if it doesn't work if something's not right cool then we can address that but rather than overthinking everyone's going to get offended at this every little bit everybody gets offended at everything anyway so you just got to be hopefully you know and they're allowed to true to yourself yeah Yeah. Yeah. and you're allowed to offend Yeah, and you're allowed to be offended and not cry in a corner I mean yeah, that's the thing yeah, I find yeah, a lot yeah. nowadays it's like people get really offended and stuff but it's always the wrong people like for instance I every once in a while I'm not I don't, I don't go and curse a lot on the radio because yeah. I know kids are listening with yeah. their parents and stuff so I'm trying to be respectful to the human being that might be listening to the yeah, show yeah. not because I don't fucking curse I curse all the time yeah. but I know it's okay in certain ways and it's not okay with the BBC so every once in You're a while you l- love having a podcast it's, just, it's <laughs> fucking great go on <laughs> but every once in a while I'll slip up right and I remember one time I was like wow that record still kicks you in the dick right and I was like whoa I'm really sorry. I was just really enthusiastic, and that's what I said. So as far as the BBC is concerned, if you say, wow, generally, dude yeah. said he was sorry, man, I yeah. guess he's sorry. They're cool with that, right? Yeah, yeah. But someone will get offended saying, he just said kick him in the dick, right? And that's a bad thing, right? Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But at the same time, I come from a neighborhood we were talking about before that was very diverse, probably yeah. the most diverse place on the planet, right? And I was taught by this Jamaican kid that I grew up with how to do a little patois thing, right? Yeah. You can't do that, man. Just yeah, simple yeah, shit yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. right? I was doing something on the radio about the slang tang rhythm, was ce- celebrating like it's birth or whatever, it's like birthday, right? Yeah. So I did like the shout outs on my show, like this, you know, this goes out to Corey Haim or whatever, just yeah, being yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of funny with it, right? Of course, someone got offended very, very badly. Right. It was not a West Indian person, yeah. of course. It was someone who felt that they were offended because whatever the their. The potential of someone else. Yeah, I mean, it's like this offended. kind of politically correct kind of, well, you know, that's not, you don't say that. Well, I learned it from the first hand. You know, I practiced it with this dude. No, he mm. said, you can't. Was, I learned it with a guy yeah, yeah. who I didn't look at as lesser or greater than me. Yeah, yeah. But he was my friend. Yeah. And he taught me that because he cared about me. And he yeah. thought it would be funny if he, we talked like that. 
not de- detrimental, not disparaging. Just yeah. it would be kind of funny that yeah. people have good times with each other. Completely. And it was just ironic that it was the person who was not even involved in this. I had to apologize for doing it on the air. And then, of course, every West Indian person listening was just like, dude, don't worry about that shit. <laughs> this is fine. <laughs> don't worry about deal. that dude. You know, it ain't us, man. And I think Forget that's kind that of like, that's the, the animal <laughs> of what we do today when we broadcast, you know? Yeah. And, you know, like when I said, if the BBC have a problem with something, I'll stop doing it. It's because it's probably something that will bother somebody. You know, and I'm not yeah. there to bother anybody. No, exactly. I have my own opinions. I keep them to myself for the most part. My podcast probably be a little different. Yeah, but yeah, completely. That's, that's okay, though. You know, you can yeah. have an opinion. I think it's okay. And it's also okay to sometimes offend people because some people need to learn that the world isn't just what they see. A hundred percent. I always remember seeing an interview with Stephen Fry, and he was saying it's it's bizarre that in this day and age people feel that them being an them being offended is enough of a reason for you to have to change what you're doing. He was like, he was like, you're, you're more than allowed to be offended, but that's part of life. Yeah. Like, we get offended at stuff. It doesn't mean I have to change what I'm doing and, and so on and so forth. You know that expression, what would Jesus do? Yeah. We have one in New York. What would the Bronx do? Yeah. All right, yeah. so if you're playing your music too loud and someone gets offended, what would the Bronx do? If someone says, hey, you need to turn your fucking music down, that's offending to me. What would the Bronx do? The Bronx it. would tell you to fucking eat a bowl of dick. All right? I love <laughs> that's it. what the Bronx would do. And that's, if you do that, you're not, being, uh, you're not being an asshole. You're being like, you know, come on, man. Yeah. You know, don't pipe up if you're, not, if you're not really ready to take this to the next yeah. level. <laughs> you, see, you see, this is, this is perfect. I'm going to wrap things up as, as we're at the hour mark, but there's two more things I wanted to, to get in, and this, this leads into one perfectly. And I'm going to go again to kind of... It's, it's, it sounds like I'm making it about myself, but I was, I was at home one day, and I'm looking on, on what's on TV. And you get excited like when your boys are on TV. Oh, yeah, you yeah. know, on it's TV. Yo, you got out of the hood, man. Let's see what's up. Man. And I look, and I'm excited. I see, oh, oh, Huey's on this show. Like, I know Huey. Oh, so's um, the guys from the Rizzle Kicks. I know the guys <laughs> from the Rizzle Kicks. So I'm hyped and excited. And then it's Buzzcocks, and shit did not go down well. And, and oh, again, my instant thought was, this is... Oh, it is what it is. But my instant thought was, dude, do, do they know that that Huey, you know, he, he'll be thinking, what would the Bronx do? It, you know, it's, 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 that, it's, it's that exact that, example. Well, yeah, what would the Bronx do? But uh, yeah, I mean, you just don't. I should never be on TV with with with. Uh, you know what? I I we we didn't mention it before, but when I came out of the Marines, I, I was diagnosed with post traumatic stress. Right, right, right. But not to a debilitating yeah yeah point. And I know a lot of people. Uh, don't know that about me. And right, sure. I've been struggling with that for a long time to be able to kind of keep things together in a real banal situation like a television talk show. Yeah, yeah, Especially yeah, when yeah. you know that it, it, it's not that important, right? Yeah. And then you realize that everybody else thinks that's the most important thing you've ever done. Yeah. It just kind of trivializes the idea yeah, yeah, behind yeah. it. And I yeah, you know, I was, I was put in a situation where I was there for a long time. And, you know... And longer and than people who... Would imagine, yeah. like, having done a few little TV shows and things, and realizing how much it's retakes and reangles. But and also that. at the same time, I did, I did say, "Yo, I'm going to smash this cup for an edit point." All right, yeah. me, and, me and Phil knew this was going to fucking happen. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. hosted that show too. Yeah, so I'd done it like seven or eight times. And the ironic thing is that after the fact, you know, they asked me to do some hosting on that show, and yeah. eventually I, I said, nah, "I don't think so, guys." I don't think it's going to work. But, you know, that show used to be crazy. I remember Mark Lamar, when I, well, he was the one that hooked me up with my Radio 2 show. Yeah, yeah, He was the yeah, dude who yeah, was like, yeah, yo, yeah. he's got a good record collection. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, because I took over from him at it. Radio 2, 12 yeah. to 3. 
But yeah, so it was one of those things where it used to be a lot worse and just goes to show how how really weird things are today when if anybody steps out of the line and like we used to be getting fucked up at that show yeah. back in the day. I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah, And yeah. you know, it's weird if someone throws a mug or, or you know. It's seen as this big story or this big thing. Yeah, and, and yeah. essentially, you know, I think everybody's kind of lost their shit at one point or another, right? Yeah, yeah. It happens to everybody, yeah, all right? Completely. Happened to me. 100%. Right? I think that was a good one because no one got hurt. I didn't hurt myself. And that's the thing. Sometimes, most of the time, if I get in a situation like that where it all seems a little bit too much and I get a little bit weird, I usually end up hurting myself. Yeah. So I'm glad no one got hurt. Again, I kind of, I, I think, again, it's another a weird thing in society that we feel that every time there's a reaction, it's a negative thing. And I, I don't oh, think yeah. that's the case. Again, like, I. I've had a lot of people on here talking about depression and all sorts of other things. And I always say you should get help and all this and we should address it more. Now, personally, I don't feel I've ever, I've ever been depressed. Mm -hmm. I've been really sad, but because some bad shit's happened. And to me, that's an appropriate reaction. So again, if something's pushed your buttons and you've, and you've got angry, Mm -hmm. no one's got hurt. Yeah. There's been a reaction. It, that's, it's yeah. kind of that's okay. That shouldn't be a big drama thing. There should be reactions to things. That's well. I mean, we spend how many millions of pounds and dollars to level our emotions out with like Prozac yeah, and things yeah, like that. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, the human being is supposed to have a varied emotional a wide range. Yeah, it it, that's the idea yeah. of being human. If you 100%. don't, yeah. So I mean, without getting too far into it, yeah. I mean. Having known that you have a stress disorder and knowing that certain things can get you to a certain point, yeah. you avoid those things. But at the same time, it's like a, it's like a pack you carry with you yeah, all the yeah. time. That pack's never going to get any lighter. Yeah. The only thing a person can do is be brave enough to look in the pack yep. and just arrange shit that doesn't dig into your back when you yeah, put it yeah, back yeah. on. That's amazing. It's yeah. the simple thing I learned that from a guy who was a Marine as well who yeah. taught me a lot how to handle what I handle. Yeah. And, you know, without, like I said, without getting too far into it, that's the brave thing to do. Yeah. Right? And I, I don't give a fuck what people think of me anyway. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Imagine what my family and my friends think of me. And they all tell me what I don't want to hear all the time. Yeah. So it's yeah. not like I'm getting off scot free. That's the free. people you need to know. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, the people you need, that, it's the people that you care about, their opinion of you, and your own opinion yeah. of yourself. But stuff like that, I mean, it's kind of funny that, I mean, a lot of people bring that up. And it's, it's like, I don't get, the only thing I feel a little bad about is that I did scare, I think I scared the girl that was on my side of the stage. Right, right, Just because right, she freaked right, out right, when it right, happened. Right. And, I could, yeah. and I watched it back and I saw her, she freaked out. That's when I'm, if anything, I'm a little more regretful about yeah, it. Yeah. Breaking a cup? No. Dude, I've no. done a lot more worse shit than that in my yeah, life. So. Completely. Again, if I thought it was in any way a shameful or bad thing, oh, no, I wouldn't no, have bought it up. There was this uh, magazine called Calm Magazine, which yeah. is about mental health issues. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, did, I did a piece with I've them. I worked with Calm a lot. Yeah. This, uh, a lot of, of male suicide stuff yeah, and all that. Yeah. yeah, and the thing about men, us dudes, is that, you know, as I know that women have their own separate issues as far mm-hmm. as like. Uh, how they're presented, how they present themselves to the public and in yeah. society. Men have issues as well, as far as like being tough guys and things yeah. like that. And we think we need to cover up all this stuff and be ashamed if things happen not the way we want them to happen all the time. That's just life. So yeah. you have to make things okay, yeah. and emotions are okay, and outbursts are okay. Completely, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll wrap things up now. Tell me about the podcast. So you do, well, yeah, you're, I mean, you're well, going into a podcast, yeah. and it's, it's with Acast as well. So yeah. I'm glad it's all kind of in the same, yeah, it's in, in it's the same in, family. It's in the hood, and you know when I, I was interested in doing one, and 
when I first started talking to them, I was like, you know, I, the only one I can really say that I that I really respect is the one you do. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was one of the things that you had asked me to be on years ago. So yeah. I started listening to it, yeah, and yeah, I was yeah. listening to it more. And then the book I'd have in the bathroom, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, so I'd yeah, read yeah. it and listen to it and all that stuff. So yeah. it feels like it was it was something that you know I can aspire to. So yeah. thank you for having me on and, no, and giving me great. the the ropes and showing me what's yeah. up with stuff, man. No, it's pleasing. But- but what's it? It's, it's going to be interviewing the wrestling info too, because a lot of times <laughs> I don't get it all the time. Because I'm a dad now, I can't get in there. And yeah, get my, yeah, yeah. You get all that info in there. Yeah, so, Superfly Snooker dying, though, man, huh? Yeah, that was some that dark was some shit. shit, man. It was it was weird though, because when that happened, it also came out that it, he was close to being charged for some dark shit in his past and stuff like yeah. that. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's weird how this their shit spirals. But just as I said, to, to round things up, your podcast is going to be interviews. Where people yeah. right and 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 well, I know you've recorded one with with um, the producer. Oh, we mentioned him earlier. The yeah, guy, Tim engineer. Yeah. yeah, the Tim Lathan's going to do one. I mean, hopefully you'll come on and do yeah. one for yeah, hundred percent. But it, what I wanted to do is just have conversations that I'd have in my regular life. And yeah. I think it's kind of good to have those kind of conversations anyway. And if yeah. people can get something from them, that's cool too. You got to hang out with me and some other person. You know, that's it's cool. what's great. I I a Gemma Kearney on recently who's done. Radio One and, and loads of other stuff, and and she was saying the big re- realization that she had was that she's been really lucky in the people that she, as she knows and meets, yeah. and that's although that's just her life, that's actually something of interest to other mm-hmm. people, and it's not saying a look at me, it's more saying, yeah, look, look at this dude I know, yeah. how 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 crazy is his life, and all the things he's worked on, and this kind of mm-hmm. thing, so. Yeah, I don't yeah, think it's where it'll, podcasts it's are be celebrity like driven at all. Yeah. I think if anything, it's like what I find interesting in my life, and I think what's what. I can rely on it with your podcast. It's like what you are interested in yeah. is, is very apparent and you can learn a lot about stuff that you would not necessarily know, know about, yeah. which I think is what, a, what human interaction is about. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, on a, I'm on the beginning of a mission now. Not necessarily just staying in, in, your, in yeah. your lane either. You were the, about the, that, yeah. the, the beauty of interesting conversations mm-hmm. is it can, it can teach you about engineering and, mm-hmm. and, and these other things that you might have thought, I, w- I didn't know I was going to be interested in that. But right. And the, pre- the pretext of it all is like, maybe we should just do it in a bar all the time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just having to be in some club with nobody there. With, we'll get more than water next time, but you know. It's perfect. Well, I love it. Well, thank you very much for taking the time and I'm, I'm, I'm glad we got to do this. My, I can't wait to man. hear your podcast. Well, thank you, Pip. I appreciate you having me on, bro. Thanks. There we go. What an absolute dude. Um, yeah, I adore Huey. We've genuinely become really, really close over the last a few years. And it's like a lot of my kind of uh, my friendships I've made s- since being in the entertainment industry in some way in that we don't get to catch up all the time. But when we do, man, there's there's a closeness and a warmth and a tightness. So, yeah, I've got nothing but love for Huey Morgan. Check me out next week on his podcast, Huey Off The Record, on Acast and iTunes. It launched last week and kicked off with Ricky Gervais. So, yeah, pretty solid guests on his part. And, yeah, a lot to come there. So thank you all for tuning in. Check out all the podcasts on the Distraction Pieces Network. As ever, thank you for supporting. And I will see you next week. Ta-ta!